Welcome. Oh, I forgot to move the microphone right over here. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. Guys, we're talking my favorite subject, divorce. Yeah, this is going to be an hour and a half of Joe randomly crying. And then Chad, if you're watching and if or if you're listening and Chad changed his name to what, Chad? Joe's daddy issues. So guys, I was trying to get my research <laughs> together and I guarantee, or as they say at the house, guarantee tea, that I'd have like several pages. <laughs> Do you all have this much research? No, 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 no. In fact, I actually put together 17 movies I could talk about. Damn. We're not going to talk about them all, but I am ready to go down this rabbit hole of divorce. So I mean, really that prepared. So what, what yeah, were your yeah, feelings just, doing? I'm not making, hold on. Let me see if I can hold it in the light. This is, this is the back. This is the front. See, I've got even shit highlighted. This is the third and fourth page. Yeah. I see you got one that I have still have not. I see you got one on there that I have not seen, nor do I want to see. Uh, blue jasmine i've seen blue, blue jasmine's good or i've got blue you might have saw blue valentine i have blue, blue valentine wait blue jasmine blue jasmine's the woody allen film right blue valentine is very depressing yeah but blue jasmine is the woody allen film right with kate blanchett yeah blue jasmine oh, that's a good a film. lot of fun that's a good blue, film i actually may be my last woody i know you're not supposed to like woody allen but that may be the last woody allen movie i saw that i i really enjoyed yeah, it's a great performance from Andrew Dice Clay in it. Actually, oh my God, isn't he's great in that movie? He's really good. He's really good in it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, how are your how are your feelings doing research on this on this topic, Joe? So, so for people who just maybe clicking on this, and by, by the way, but not to interrupt you, but yeah. what does that say about us that we have not done a a a wedding movie, but we're going straight to divorce? <laughs> Well, in all fairness, we're getting ahead of the trend since most marriages end in divorce. Well, and I've got a lot of comments before I even get to my movies because as well, first of all, if if you're just now listening to us, why? Secondly, subscribe. Thirdly, my parents divorced when I was young. Chad and James's parents stayed together in their hate-filled relationships and mine decided, screw this, the kid's the problem, we're walking out. Yes, James. I was going to say, we can't say that Joe was the problem, but we can't rule it. I'm yeah, no. to the joke because <laughs> I, I knew know. that's where it was going. I knew that's where it was going. Because in, in all fairness, not even Matlock would win that case. <laughs> and to me, it was literally, it was literally a, a, a picture. Let me take you all on a visual journey, <laughs> uh, you listeners. Uh, picture this. You've got uh the the lovely Lewis couple sitting around, and they have this uh, child in in a uh, stroller. Now the child has a tail at this point. It doesn't. You don't need to know that, but it does. And they're sitting there, and they have to come to the terms of listen. We either have to kill the child, or we have to get divorced. And they just said, you know what? As much love as we have in this marriage, we're going to go with divorce because we don't want a messy uh legal investigation so that's that's the story by the way if anybody wants to turn that into a novel more power to you now but really the child had a tail (laughs) now i started as i always do because i like to google the best of lists and see and it kind of primes my pump nicholas meyer who's on the show before talked about getting your pump prime because i already knew my three favorite ones that dealt with divorce and i wanted to talk about them but I also thought, well, there's got to be a lot more movies out there about divorce. And there are. But some of these, one of the movies I want to talk about about divorce is lacking on so many lists. And I think you're both going to be shocked unless you went and Googled this. No, I didn't Google this. And uh, I want to say this, uh, my top pick, which uh, when I, hopefully is not going to be the one you're going to mention. Um, it actually didn't come to me till yesterday because I put, uh, I do the opposite of Joe. I don't look online at lists unless I absolutely have a, a blank slate. I'm not saying I never do. Sometimes I, I can't come up with a, a, a list and I have to get that, like Joe says, that, that pump primed. Um, but I had my list and then all of a sudden a movie came up that I completely forgot about. And it's actually probably my favorite divorce film. And I'll talk about it after you get, after, if, if it's not the one you brought, you bring up, but uh, nope. Oh, damn, I was good. Nope. I, I had a good um, it's all that was on my list, so go ahead. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, no, uh, but 
I was just shocked that the, and then I, I I'll get into it here in a minute. Well, go ahead, Joe. Uh, real quick, I want to also say I know y'all are talking about films. There's a couple that I want to bring up that are divorces in television, and I want to talk about them because they're some of my favorite divorces. Oh so, man, so I almost ahead. I almost did that as well, James. I'm I I, I, could, I knew y'all would have films covered, but I'm like, yeah, we're pop culture. We're oh, gonna talk about fine. TV divorces. I think you should, because there's several of these divorce movies I've never seen. Uh, but before we get into it, when Harry Met Sally is on a ton of these lists, it is not a divorce movie. Yes, they both were. How is that considered a divorce. a divorce film? I don't know. Billy Crystal gets a divorce midway through the movie when he hooks back up with Meg Ryan. But it's not a movie about divorce. It's about a couple. Yeah, no, and then, yeah in my, my terms of a divorce film or either. A, a movie where a divorce is actually happening in the movie granted it happened there but it's not the focus of the movie it's or it's yeah it's the aftermath of a divorce like people dealing with you know what it's like to be separated that's a divorce film now there's a few of these movies i'm gonna lay because i just don't think either one of you all pick these i'm sorry i'm gonna make an assumption here if i'm wrong you let me know but there's a bunch of these that i've never seen i thought oh i've seen most uh, number one I have put off watching a marriage story. It looks a little too close. I'm just not there. I will eventually get to watch that's, it when I need the, two that's hours. Adam, that's Adam. Adam, that's Driver. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, right? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Okay. It's on Netflix. I've not watched it. I understand that's a really great film about a couple dealing with a divorce. I'm familiar with it. I just never got to it. I want you to listen to some of these titles. Eat, Pray, Love. Crazy, Stupid Love. These are all, these are all A-list films with A-list actors. Under but the, I, 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 I just, I don't know about you all. I have never actually made it all the way through Eat, Pray, Love. I've never seen it. Oh my God, I could not get through it. It was so crazy, boring. stupid love, Chad. That one, that one's got an all-star cast as well. Also about divorce. Under the Tuscan Sun. Diane Lane is in a lot of divorce movies. Why is that? She's a great actress. Why is she in a lot of divorce movies? I don't know. I'd like to ask her. She's a good actress. She, like I said, she's a great actress. Great actress, but, but she's in a lot of divorce. Maybe movies. she's just maybe she's she's just insufferable. Maybe <laughs> that's that's what what's his face said. <laughs> Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Never watched it. Haven't seen it. So I just want to get those out of the way. Of I understand that these are big movies that you guys know the titles of, whether you've seen them or not. These some yeah. of them were box office hits. I'm not going to talk about them today. I have never seen them. Are those on any of your lists? Nope. I didn't think so. So I have such a long list. I'm kind of want you all to go first because I can go anywhere. Does that make sense? I'll go. All right. Yeah, I'll go. Um, and I'm kind of curious if this showed up on any of the list that you looked at because yeah, this I'll is the one you. that I just realized I just realized yesterday. Um, and it was it's maybe my favorite movie of uh, about divorce. And I also realized it has been discontinued. Like they, there are no, you can't buy a copy of it. You can't stream it. 1995's Bye Bye Love. It's on several lists, believe it or okay. not. It's one of my favorite movies about divorce that I thought was funny as a kid. And now that I'm older, I was thinking about it today, Chad. And I was Randy Quaid. Uh, who else is, this? is it? It's not Patrick Dempsey. It's Matthew Quaid. Modine and Paul Reiser. Matthew yeah, bye Modine bye and love. Paul Reiser. Yeah, and Paul Reiser. So three divorced men, fathers, as they navigate those. I, I was thinking about it today going, I bet I'd really like that movie now because I'm in a different place where I have my own kids. Yeah, I, I, I really loved it as a um, I did too. 15 16 years old and uh i got to watch it later on and i still loved it yeah it's about these three three men who are divorced uh they meet uh at mcdonald's every week to at the same time where they're the their ex-wives drop off their kids for their weekends with the uh with the kids mm -hmm. um each one has their own way of dealing with the divorce you have matthew modine who uh, is dating someone significantly younger than him and was uh, seeing significantly uh, paul, other younger women before that's what caused the divorce right correct uh, you're gonna yeah i, I this is i remember it, i, I remember in detail but i will let so, you yeah. know when i you know, uh, paul me... riser is just kind of this lonely sad sack who mm -hmm. you know is divorced from his wife and then randy quaid is this guy who uh is basically Randy Quaid being psychotic 
um, and he listens to a, he listens to a, he's a teacher and he listens to a talk uh, radio guy who he can't absolutely, he cannot stand who gives played by Rob Reiner. Uh, you know, he gives, he gives relationship advice and Randy Quaid just hates him. Yeah. Uh, but as the, as the show, as the movie develops, you start to see these characters, um, you know, evolve in terms of their relationships. And so in one case devolve, <laughs> you know, um, it also, uh, you got to talk about some of the supporting female cast too. Um, Janine Garofalo, uh, Amy Brenneman, which I did not know. And I don't, I have, wasn't able to look too much. This was supposedly her first film. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Amy Brenneman is one of those ones who had a, a decent career in the nine, uh, late nineties. Judge, Sorry. Wasn't she? Yeah. She's judge, also in judging Amy. Judge. I don't know. What is that show? She I never on? watched that show. I don't know. Uh, I just remember her from fear. Yeah. And I just remember her from fear with Mark Wahlberg and uh, I'm trying to remember what the other one was, but anyway, she had like a career in the late nineties and early two thousands and just kind of fizzled. Um, Judging Amy. It was, but no um, seasons from 1999 to whenever that was Amy Brenneman played Amy, the judge. She was the um, sheriff, Chad. I never saw, never saw an episode, bud. I didn't either. (laughs) Um, But no, it also had Jane Brooke, but yeah, it's a really heart wrenching story about these men who are dealing with the fact that they are single. They know that, you know, they are divorced men and they, in a couple of cases, they don't know how to handle it. And Paul Reiser, again, it proves that not only is he a great comedian, but he's an amazing actor. Uh, It's funny, by the way, I just realized they both ended up on stranger things. Who did? Paul Reiser. And Matthew- oh, Matthew Modena and Paul Reiser. Never dawned on me. I never dawned on me to write then Vincent. either. If I would not even have thought about it till right then. I was like, holy shit, yeah, they're both I, it, Stranger Things. I never made that connection. I did make the connection that Amber Benson and Elijah Dusku are both in this, and they went on to be co-stars in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hmm. Um, there's also, I believe there's another character in here who is also on. Uh, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But no, uh, I wish I could find a copy of this because I love this movie. I really did. Uh, but it doesn't exist anymore. Apparently it has forgotten, been forgotten. I think or- McDonald's buried it because McDonald's never wanted to be associated with the divorce pickup. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in it is towards the end of the movie. There's two scenes and they both belong to Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid has this great monologue about, how he's a, even a better dad now because he's the one that has to kiss the bruises and you know because he he has them alone from some time to time and there's another great scene right. where he built the deck on the he lost his house and this boyfriend of his new wife or his old wife is out there on the deck and while they're gone that weekend you remember in the third act he goes over and disassembles and plus up the deck yep I which i didn't that. get I now, then, but i could totally get now Especially, do you remember that time we were at the race listening to somebody about their, about their, somebody was on their deck? Does either one of you all remember this? He's a no, brother, I don't remember that at all. Ours. James remembers in the back seat, right, bud? Such drunk cursing about he's on my blah, 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 blah. See, uh, my, my standout at, uh, scenes, I forgot all about the deck scene. That See, again, you're making me recall, but my one of the scenes that really hits, and I, it's still kind of sends shivers down my spine is when um paul riser near the end is is fighting with his daughter played by elijah dushku and she basically talks about how she's underappreciated and he just flat out snaps and calls because you little shit mm-hmm. it's still it, it it shakes you and the way paul riser delivered it and you could see the shot and elijah dushku proven that she's talented she she was kind of thrown back by my dad just called me a shit mm-hmm. and then it ends up with her with her at her uh in that tree house that used to be hers and him coming to talk her down. It's, it's great. Those are two amazing scenes. Uh, Bye bye love again, underappreciated. The director, Sam Weissman, he honestly doesn't have a lot to his name uh, other than George of the jungle and D2, the mighty ducks. (laughs) But um, yeah. So yeah, if you can, if you can find it, bye bye love is worth a watch. Okay guys, who goes next? I, I can, yeah, I, I can go ahead. Uh, one of my favorite divorces, which is a weird phrase to say, but one of my favorite God. divorces on in a TV series that I think plays out so well is from Disenchantment. 
King Zog and Una's divorce <laughs> Good is is just so perfect because the entire time, like from the very beginning, it's all about political alliance. It's all about stuff like that. And I love the fact, if you've never seen Disenchantment, it's by, um, well, it's written by several people, but most notably Matt Green, it's his, and it's allegedly set in the same universe as Futurama, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that being said, there's an, it's about, it's basically a riff on fantasy. Uh, there's Steamland, which is steampunk. There's Dreamland, which is where most of it's set, which is kind of this medieval fantasy area. But uh, Una is a lizard-like creature, a lizard humanoid, uh, that marries King Zog, who is a human, for political alliance. She's from Dankmire, et cetera, et cetera. She is the second queen after... Tia Bini, who is the main character's mother, is turned to stone. If you've never seen the show, I recommend watching. There's parts of it that are really funny. It'll grow on you over time as well. That being said, what I love about this is she basically runs off to become a pirate. Things go horribly wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the entire town is turned to stone at one point. The king is descending more and more into madness because he's left alone. And then when she comes back, he says something along the lines of, do you think we can give it a go? No, I no, we're not, we're not doing this. I want a divorce. Thank God. And they just get divorced. They realize that this is, is it's all been a sham. It's all been, and it plays out so well because there's really like Zog is lonely afterwards, but he's not lonely necessarily for Una, right? It, it's a realization that there is a reason for divorce to exist. And, and disenchantment in its own funny way acknowledges that. These are people that don't need to be together. Zog and Una add nothing to each other. They happen to have a child. But other than that, that is the only thing that links them, right? And that's, that's what made it a really interesting divorce in a TV series. It wasn't a 15-episode arc, though you can tell it's coming from a mile away. When they say... Oh, uh, now I, this is over. I want a divorce. It's literally two seconds later. It cuts to them in front of the priestess saying, eh, "Do you do, do you not do you not? We're done." And and I think that's uh, it's it's played as humor, but it's also one of those things that shows that you know what, not all divorces are bad. Some divorces need to happen for a reason. But Derek is still uh, still afraid of that big skillet. All right, so the. I was I was going to leave this one, but I think I'll I'll go ahead and tackle it. I was shocked, and this is I don't know if the, these are my three top. This is one of my three top divorce films. I was shocked that it wasn't on that many lists. In fact, I only found it on one list. War of the Roses was only on one list. Wait, you found Bye Bye Love on numerous lists, but War of the Roses was only on one. Google, it popped up Google on a couple. It, bitch. I Google. popped up on a couple that I saw. Oprah recommended. War of the Roses, I only found on one list. And I it's it's a dark comedy. If you've never seen it, it is probably a little bit more well known than the other two things that we've talked about. But War of the Roses has got Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. It's directed by Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is also in it. They fall in love young, they get married. He's very successful. She's a great cook. She has a catering business. And then she just gets sick and tired of him over time. And they, she falls out in love with him and then everything goes to hell. And they, the final third act is them fighting over the house, literally fighting over the house. And it doesn't end well for anyone. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. There are so many great quotable lines in it. Well, there's anyone who would make pate this could couldn't be all that bad it depends on what the pate's made out of and she leads him to believe that he, she murdered his dog because he accidentally ran over her cat and then she made the pate after out of the dog it's a fantastic movie still holds up it's beautifully shot by the way it's beautifully shot yeah, that's but that's man that's any danny devito film. i agree even the ones you don't like right even yeah. the ones that don't quite work like there's scenes in hoffa i like but overall it's probably not a great movie but same with duplex fantastic huh same with duplex I you know I've never seen Duplex. It's I, good. It, I don't it's, care for Ben. Is that Ben Stiller? Right? I don't care for Ben. I don't care for Ben Stiller either. But it's a Danny DeVito film. 
um and it is shot wonderfully it is dark it is grimy uh and that's one thing i just that still beats kick my ass when that's one of those things two things that beat kick my ass about in terms of episodes we've done when we did best directors i can't believe i left out daniel devito and when we talked about character actors i still can't believe luis guzman i forgot to mention luis guzman did you watch the ones daniel devito's one I did no, watch it multiple times. No, is he? Is he? I was afraid to. How is he as Gomez? It's a. I'll give. I like it. Credit. He changed it. It's good enough so that we won't be comparing it. Okay, James. What do you think? Well, I was about to say. I, I, not only that, it is accurate to the comics because what was the thing about the comics? Gomez was shorter than Morticia and heavy set, and Guzman. If you're a fan of the original Charles Adams he illustrations, look, he does look a little bit more. Tim old. Burton nailed it, nailed it. Com- yeah. uh, compared, and by the way, I love John Aston. I love Viral Julie. I, I've loved the portrayals we've seen what before. Oscar Don't Isaac? get me wrong. Um, Oscar Isaac's fine. The movie sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but but th- that being said, uh, it 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 I, as somebody that also read reads the comics and, and has a couple of the collection of the Charles Adams illustration I, I was happy to to see that they actually nailed that component that we've not seen before cool. of that so anyway so anyway back to but yeah Danny DeVito uh, again his movies he's every movie he shoots is beautiful so what I'd like to do since I have and by the way what is it with Danny DeVito in every movie he drinks is so dark and twisted I don't know but it's beautiful I mean I, yeah. I think War of the Roses is just beautiful I love the wraparound segment of him explaining to Homer Simpson that's Homer Simpson yeah. on the couch about why he shouldn't get divorced but for each one of these I'm going to give you another one that's in its ilk that to me is kind of the same and this probably won't be the same for you all but another great divorce okay. film that showed up on a couple of lists that I forgot was a divorce film is Secret Window. Another hilarious movie with a great ending that, well, actually, that works all right out for Johnny Depp. No? He gets those braces at the end. He has braces, but he gets away with it. Yeah. I thought James, you'd be. I, I honestly, I can't talk. No, I mean, uh, yeah, no, it's it's great. Uh, I mean, it's but definitely it's, me, uh, another uh, dark comedy. It's based on the secret. Well, yeah, window. yeah. It's based on short story, secret window, secret whatever it is, uh, from Stephen King, and it stars Johnny Depp. And it's one of those that I not a lot of people talk about. It was a modest hit when it came out. And he's an author who's going through a divorce. His wife's left him for another man and he's pissed and we're following him not being able to sleep. And he kind of plays it comically. I don't, I honestly, guys, I don't remember anything about this one. I can't really. Secret window? I, I really thought you guys would jump on this. All right. Especially. No, I, I've just never seen no, it. I, all right. Um, Jed. Sorry. All right, I'm gonna go. This one's a this one's an easy one, but I have to talk about it. 1993's Miss Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, it's on a uh, lot of lists. It's on. Yeah, yeah I've got it, it here too. And it's mainly yeah, it's about a man who is divorced from his wife, who dresses up like a, a British nanny to take care of his kids because he's not a he can't see them. But let's but the divorce in it. It's rough. Is brutal. It's rough. Yeah, the first the 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 first what 15 20 minutes of that movie where they're actually they're still married and then they 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 argue the and then they finally go to court huh and they get in the fight the over the party. yeah and the, you yeah what's robin williams actually heartbreak in that kitchen yeah it is it, it is a rough over. watch and then it and then it, yeah it goes and then it goes right before it goes into the slapstick and that's all everybody talks about in that is oh he's dressed oh look his boobs are on fire oh look he's got his face covered in whipped cream the divorce element of that is rough and even at the end when the uh you know it's revealed that he's been there the whole time and she takes him back to court mm-hmm. that's rough to watch because he's literally doesn't want to lose his kids yeah and you know this town feels a villain i really i really truly feel that way that she's a villain she comes across as wholesome but she is a, she does everything she can to keep him away from the kids and it's just awful i know but at the same time i i, I don't know it's one of those where i probably if i rewatch it i may see her more as a villain than i did then 
because he's not a bad dad. He's just a terrible husband. Yeah, that's all it is. And it's, it's, he's a terrible husband, but he's not a, a probably father. not a really good provider. None of those other things, but he's, he just loves his children. He loves them so much. He gives them too much. Right. And right. she's and like, well, I'm so going to remove that entirely. And it's just painful to watch. It really is. A, even as a kid, 13, 14 years old, you know, like it, it was rough to watch, especially just because you you get to the laugh this is one of my favorite movies as a kid it really was i mean you get to the points where you get to laugh at him being goofy robin williams the goofy but at the same time i mean it is a heart-wrenching film because you don't want to see him taken away from his kids and it happens twice now granted it, it all wraps up in the end in a nice little package which what he got him back spoiler <laughs> So yeah, I, but I don't know. I, I know it's the most obvious pick to choose, um, but it, it's worth talking about. But yeah, just watching that that because you talked about not being able to watch a marriage story or or uh, I just it, haven't put myself in the spot to. It's one of those where I know I'm not going to watch this and feel good about anything. Yeah, but exactly. And that's I've I right before covid i've i've had a hard time putting myself into an environment where i'm going to watch a movie that makes me feel that way yeah i don't it's, and it's just you know i, I don't want to feel that way right. <laughs> and you know i've seen clips and i'm like i i don't need to i there's nothing but miss downfire has the added benefit of oh you get to see robin williams be robin williams but you have to get through that first 20 minutes and deal with the end and it in my opinion it makes you pay for it because that is a tr that is a true depiction of divorce when a marriage just absolutely falls apart, and in all fairness, the kids are kind of used as a as leverage. Right. It's worse. It's bad. Yeah. So that's mine. James. James. Uh, I you know I'm going to talk about one that it, it, this is a television show that had at its heart divorce. It ran four seasons. Occasionally, I, I, it may pop up on me TV. I've watched it recently somewhere, I know. But that being said, nobody talks about this show anymore. And it's actually one of those that actually was originally made as a British television show. And then it was, you know, it, it ended a two-season run, a two-series run in England. And then they made the American version that ran for four seasons. And... Nobody talks about it anymore, but dear John, by the time you read this line, oh I'll be gone. I was wondering John, when the hell this pause was going to end. Yes. Yeah. Dear, dear John, uh, have you all seen Dear John? Yeah, I watched yes. it when it was on when it came out. Yeah, yeah Judd Hirsch, yeah. Hirsch. Yeah, but I mean, have you all seen it recently? No, no. no what an interesting that. show. It's got I a love, great cast. It does have a mm -hmm. great cast. And by the way, the, so the British version of it, only that I said ran for two series, was huge audience success, which is why it got brought over to America and remade with American cast. Received tons. Sorry, I have no idea what's going on with my phone. Sorry. Received tons of critical praise. But the reason they ended it after two series is the creator and writer of the British version was John Sullivan. He goes, I've told the stories. There's, he goes, I, it's, I've told the stories I want to tell. And so they ended it. That did not stop the American uh, version from having four seasons. But I didn't realize did, it was on for four seasons. Four seasons. I honestly and thought it was, it was on longer. I'm surprised it only lasted I thought it was years. only on one season. <laughs> uh, it, it ran, uh, it was ranked number 11th its first season, which was uh, the 88 89 season uh 89 to 90 it fell to 17th 90 to 91 it fell to 50 it still got renewed and they canceled it in 1992 when it fell to 77th at the ratings mm -hmm. um now that being said if you've never heard of dear john and again i'm amazed we talk about cheers still we talk about why not dear john because it was it was successful it was notable one of the best parts in the first episode is He's looking, so the show itself is about, he is an academic, he's a professor, and he he comes up one day and he gets a Dear John letter. And it's literally, Dear John, by the time you read this, I'll be gone. His wife leaves him, she wins the house, she wins everything, 
and he ends up more or less having to move into this small cramped apartment, still being a professor, still doing all of that stuff. And what's really interesting about it is is that it is comedic, but it also does have some heart to it. But one of the in the first episode, he acts he thinks he's going to the divorce support group, which makes up the crux of the show. He meets a ton of people in the divorce support group. They're eccentric. They're interesting. Whatever. Um, but that being said, it's just not to cut you off though, but I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> yes. Parts about, uh, Jerry John is the, uh, for the underappreciated actor, Jerry Burns, who is amazing, uh, who doesn't get a lot of credit for the work he does. He, he has a wide range and he gets these small bit roles in various movies. He's phenomenal. Go ahead, James. Sorry. Yeah, no, he plays the narcissist more or less in the group. Yeah. In the, but anyway, um, in the first episode, he he thinks he's in the divorce support group and it ends up being an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And he, he makes a quip about how it's not that different. Um, the, the, you know, it's both people in need of something that was actually harming them and, and things like that. So anyway, it was uh, a, a notable success that doesn't get a lot of replay. I mean, other shows from this time period get re-aired at you know naked night or me tv or something dear john less so and less talked about um it originally aired post cheers and then it aired post night court shows we've talked about before uh and then it then it disappeared the only show more recent that strikes the same chord and they didn't use divorce though is um they used the death of the spouse and that was go on with matthew perry which only ran one season but i really enjoyed um go on was uh, had the same basic premise his wife dies unexpectedly he joins a support group and the people in the support group are quite frankly crazy uh but he he needs them he realizes it does do him good to be around these people it gives him somewhere to go it gives them and so that's what dear john is it's what do you do when you're basically a middle-aged person? You're established in your career. You feel respected. And then all of a sudden, your spouse just goes, we're done. And it's comedy, but it actually has a little bit of heart to it. And as Joe said, the cast is phenomenal. As, as, as Chad said, there's, there's a lot of great cast to it. So if you never saw Dear John, I, I don't know if it's available on DVD. I don't know where it might be airing. Um, but most importantly, if you are a fan of Mel Brooks, that means you're probably a fan of Blazing Saddles. This show is important because there is an episode called Stand By Your Man of this show. It was the 13th episode of the first season. Cleavon Little had a guest appearance as a closeted gay man who recently got divorced from his wife. Um, this is the role that won him an Emmy Award for guest star. Well, I didn't know so that. If you're a fan of Cleavon Little, if you're a fan of Blazing Saddle, his role in that episode is notable. It also, during this time period, uh, was you know a, a way to to address an issue that wasn't being addressed often fairly by sitcoms. There's an entire episode of Cheers about them trying to keep you know uh, LGBTQ people out of the bar. Right? That's not what this show did. Um, that being said, also. Judd Hirsch did win Golden Globes for Best Actor for this show. Again, it's kind of shocking that it it doesn't get much mention, but maybe that's because, unlike other shows, other sitcoms like Friends and all those, this one is centered around a pretty heavy topic of divorce. Yes, it's a comedy, but it's not a will they, won't they. It's a, oh my God, this guy's just trying to make it through. So it's not a dark comedy, but it has that overarching theme of things are complicated and and it's not just a laugh out loud comedy all right so i'm up next and i'm going to do 1979's robert benson's kramer versus kramer have either one of you ever seen it no, no but we, i've uh, seen the parody kramer versus predator we uh this is what remember i think this is what got us to pick this topic is i've actually never seen kramer versus kramer it's one of those movies that i have a hard time trying to watch because i know it's going to be rough yeah, it's a little rough, and it talk about a not necessarily of its time, but it stars Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep, and neither one of them went on to do anything because neither one of them had any talent. And it's directed by Robert Benton. Actually, I'm going to do a twofer where Robert Benton also gave us uh, Places in the Heart, which is another movie that's a little rough to watch if you've ever seen that one with Sally Field. It's a fantastic film, but 
Street and Hoffman are a couple, and they're the Kramers, and Ted and Joanne, sorry, I'm going to have to read a little bit because I couldn't remember the names, and she off, she just leaves one day, and he's there, he works, she's a homemaker, and he has one of those advertising, whatever, New York jobs, and he's stuck with the kid, and he has to figure it out, and he ends up losing his job, and he has to find another job, and then she comes back into the picture and tries to take the kid away after she's basically just left for a year or more and then the rest of the movie plays out about the core battle about who's going to get their young son and how he's had to become someone who was just going out being the breadwinner coming home and having to become the actual dad and mom and become i don't know i, I hate that dad and mom thing it's more of the nurture person as well because he wasn't doing it beforehand and how he has to step up now the article and a couple of them talk about which one's the villain that the movie doesn't play that it which one's the villain i totally disagree i always thought the movie very much showed that neither one of them are necessarily the villain but mrs kramer is the one who left now did she unhappy yes but she was the one that left and she did not take her kid with her and in 1979 movies they we didn't tell those kinds of stories right where the mom yeah. was a stay-at-home mom and she just left and the dad had to step up and do everything and then she would come back and then here's i'm sorry to give away some of it she's she's the one that wins the case hmm. right it's it's kind of a it's a hard movie to watch now here why i it's one of my three favorite divorce films is is I don't know that I enjoy it, but I know they get the conversations and the yelling right. If that makes sense to you too, because I've seen it. That was because I hear, here's where Joe Hold here's on. where Joe Hold gets on. triggered. Hold on. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I grew up in a happy household, so that's, which is fantastic for you. I'm very happy for you, but it gets I mean except for the fact that my father died of cancer. Yeah, no, let me suck break, all the let me suck all the air out of the room. Way to be, right way to climb up on that cross there, Doctor Thomas. <laughs> well, I can't climb because I don't have kids. So the movie's really about single parenting, gender roles. What do those mean in 1979? Robert Benton did a twofer because not only did it give us that and a couple other movies that I like, he gave us something that I bet this is my twofer that also deals with divorce, but as a comedy, and I'm betting neither one of you has ever seen 1987's Nadine. No, Anybody? No, no, but I can sing Jolene with the name Nadine because it has the same amount of Kim Basinger, uh, syllables. Kim Basinger, Jeff Bridges, Nadine. Never. It's a comedy. It even has Rip Torn in it, Chad, as a bad guy. Really? Yes, yes. 1950. It takes place in the 50s, and a Texas woman's trying to recover some sexy photos of herself and her divorce, her husband, and witnesses a murder and uncovers, you know, corrupt land dealings, and it just kind of goes out of... This I'm sorry. Nothing, I said it, Jeff Bridges. It's it's not. It's, it's, it's Quaid. Dennis Quaid. I'm so sorry. No, it's Jeff Bridges. Is it Jeff Bridges? Yes, it's Jeff Bridges and Nadine. Kim Basinger and Jeff Bridges. I will say this. If you look at the poster, if you look at the poster, Jeff Bridges looks doesn't look like Jeff Bridges. He looks like Patrick Swayze. Yeah. It's a fun movie that no one I know has seen. I have never seen it. It was, uh, my mom liked it. So I got to watch it a lot, even whether I wanted to or not. And you guys know how that goes. when Right, Chad and Dirty Dancer? Yep. Oh yeah. God. But it's not a bad movie. And it's one of those things that I think people should go out. I did not have time today to see if you can find it on any streaming services, but I haven't even seen anyone talk about it in 30 years. Nadine and the director not only gave us Kramer versus Kramer, it gave us places in the heart and, and Chad, one of your favorite films of all time with Paul Newman's second best performance. What is it? Nobody's fool. Robert Benton also directed nobody's fool. So if you never get a underappreciated genius. Yes. If you don't, if you get a chance, check out Nadine. You guys might like it. It's a silly little movie that also deals with divorce. Not it says it's it says it's on Prime Video and Crackle. Oh, well, there you go. I'm I'm glad that's on Prime and Crackle, but you can't find uh 
Bye bye love. Bye bye love. That's a tragedy. That's weird. All right, who's up next? This is our third one. Uh, again, again, mine's on the nose, but it uh, and my my I will say this: this one's on the nose because I want to talk about it. My honorable mention is not on the nose. Uh, Intolerable Cruelty, two thousand three, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen's uh, wonderful movie about. There's divorce. number five. <laughs> There's number five. Let me mark that oh up my so I don't have to talk God. about it. I'm telling you, that movie has to have one of the best openings I've ever had in a movie period with Jeffrey Rush. It's okay. You know who are the best three openings of movies? I watched them the other night back to back. What's that? From Dustal Dawn, Pulp Fiction, and Reservoir Dogs. And they're all written by the same dude. But the first 10 minutes of all three of those movies are excellent. I'm not arguing with you. I don't know if they're the top three best film openings of all time. I, I, mean, I don't think Involved Cruelty such, is either. I don't know. So damn good. But keep going. Obviously, obviously, the number one best opening of a movie ever is Howard the Duck. 2003's Intolerable Cruelty. Is that because the duck's topless? <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? You sick fuck. Even as a kid, I thought that was, I was like, that's just wrong. I didn't think it was wrong. I just thought it was a little hot. I mean, I mean, I just thought it was a little odd. Have we talked about I watched that a few months ago? I it, I tried watching it a while back. The special effects look good, but the movie's damn near unwatchable. Oh, the movie's unwatchable, but yes, the special effects are amazing. The special effects. Thank you, George and Lucas. The, and the, and the and unfortunately, the pedophile is the best part of the movie. The actor. Yeah, he is. God bless America. Yeah. Why? I know. <laughs> anyway, keep going. So no, it's a. Uh, so no, *Intolerable Cruelty* is about um, uh, George Clooney is a divorce lawyer who's slimy, like like just loves to to do these cases. And Angelina Jolie is a gold digger who gets in, um, marries these rich people, and then divorces them and takes all of their money over and over and over again. And then they develop a, a a relationship as they as they as as he moves forward and as she just keeps marrying these people and he ends up in the cases every single time uh it is a great film uh i, I we do got to talk about cedric the entertainer's gus pitch i'm gonna bust your ass bust your ass which by the way bust james i don't know if you recall this i believe this is how your wife got introduced to me <laughs> what uh-oh bonehead long time bone long time bonehead listeners i oh, know i mean that's James one of my, got cuckled by chat that's one of my wife's favorite films because it's about attorneys right i mean yeah well no I, I think it was the night that uh we met them uh and i met dana for the first time we were at a chinese buffet go figure yeah shocker and and we were all on one side of the parking lot and james and dana were on the other side of the park and i saw them smooching i grabbed somebody's i think joe had a camera in this car and i grabbed the camera and i ran at him going i just busted your way no i don't remember this but it sounds fun we should do it more often yeah yeah <laughs> oh so yeah no intolerable cruelty i just love it i don't there's not a lot to talk about it has the great Irwin keys in it Irwin yeah. keys should any movie he in is automatic classic <laughs> i agree no no, yeah, no. It's just an, it's one of those uh, lesser known Cohen Brothers films, um, which I, I just feel like isn't talked about a lot. But again, it's another great film about divorce. It's all about the just these people. None of them are good people. They're just no. terrible. No, George Clooney's and, not and, good person in it. Yes. Yeah, and you're not only watching him slowly, you know, get what he has coming to him, but all the people that. Catherine Zeta Jones is, is supposed to be the terrible person in this, but the people she marries deserve it. <laughs> but isn't that, is that Herman's last your one of your favorite actors? Is that one of his last performances? Uh, Edward Herman, Edward Herman. Uh, it might have been, no, it wasn't his last performance. He, he didn't die for another 11 years. Okay. I just, uh, in my head, it's yeah. No, he he had he got to do all those amazing history chain history channel documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason to watch History Channel is when they 
uh, history's mysteries. Yeah. Got to hear a head Edward Herman every morning, <laughs> just talking. It was so soothing. And even, Go even listening to him, even listening to him in this movie where he's just a slimy character. It's great. No, I just, uh, intolerable cruelty. It's, it's a classic James. James. I'm going to do another television show and the television show is not itself about divorce, but boy, it has a lot of divorce in it and around it and all that stuff. And it's one of my all time favorite shows. It is one that, that, as my wife says, it took her a while to warm up to. And that would have. That's because I was too busy busting her ass. (laughs) That that would, of course, be uh, the divorce character that has to move to Seattle, take care of his father, Frazier. With uh, Frazier, any episode where Lilith comes back, any uh, episode dealing I didn't know with, you were going to do all TV. I'm impressed. I, any episode dealing with David Hyde Pierce, Dr. Yeah. Niles Crane, the divorce from... Why Maris. am I blanking on Maris. his last name? Maris. 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 I'm surprised you didn't do Flanders from The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, Maris's no, divorce. No, uh, Maris and Niles, because Maris was the one we didn't see, just like Norm's wife. Yeah, Maris. yeah, and it it was always just great. And and what is also interesting about it is anytime marriage even comes up, it's never, not even divorce being complicated. Marriage is complicated, right? When uh, a spoiler, if you've never seen the show, <laughs> but. Daphne's supposed to be married and Niles is married and they decide to run off and they decide and then the lawsuits that follow that. Yeah, because it's not just okay, we're gonna get divorced, we're gonna and he files all sorts of personal damages, personal he's she's gonna sue just for the embarrassment that he suffers, all of that stuff. Frazier is not about divorce, it's about a bunch of different stuff, a bunch of different things, but it does, I think, a pretty fair job of showing some of the complications. There's episodes, uh, you know, Frazier doesn't get to live with his son. His son only comes and visits certain times, yes. and there's a complication. And Frederick. then there is an episode where Lilith gets yes, Frederick, um, where Lilith comes back, and they think maybe we should give another go of it. And then there's an episode about they're trying to get Frederick into a very prestigious school, and they have to make sure that there's this presentation that no no we're still a functioning family and they've got to make it look good and they've got to do all this stuff and so what does very comedically it does look at the idea that you know a lot of society expects that a working family is is better quote-unquote so you know and so it does play around with some of those concepts so Frazier does one of the plus again any episode with a little in it is just going to be a good episode I agree. She just is she yeah. is overly. I mean, they're both analytical characters. They're both. It's just something to watch. It's something. And and BB Newworth plays Lilith. Oddly enough, also played uh, Morticia Adams on Broadway. But anyway, um, yeah. Now, it, it, Frazier's entire show. Anytime marriage coupling divorce comes up it's it's there a lot and it is so well done and still human and still complicated so mm-hmm. that's that's that, those are the three that came to mind and they they run the gamut right you have people trying to make a go of it people realizing we never should have been together in the first place even though we have derek uh you know in the case of Frederick. no derek in disenchantment enchantment if you would listen to the whole sentence and not oh i don't listen ahead. to all of you um no you That's shouldn't uh, you would only you would only learn something and god forbid that happened anyway That's why the uh, on the his point. head isn't for disney it's for dick <laughs> no, exactly. i thought it was i thought it was for dummy oh. like fred sanford you oh, big dummy why are you, you dummy. A joke oh i'm sorry you medium-sized dummy that better uh, that help you you well, feel better about your life choices nah, i mean i don't but anyway i don't understand the difference <laughs> are you and, done anyway yeah those are those are the what the yeah, was just yeah, television shows you know we should do pop culture not just movies you know but anyway y'all go ahead yeah i loved it by the way i have all 
of you can buy the box you can buy one dvd set of all 10 of fraser's christmas episodes they're every single freaking one amazing now we're going to talk about the squid and the whale 2005's noah bumba bam noah bumbacks the squid and the whale have either one of you ever seen it nope so two contributors. it's another one of those ones that i know is rough it yeah, it has one of your favorite actors in it. It's Jeff Daniels, man. I know Jeff Daniels in it. Yeah, I know. And I'm your favorite seen, Lex actually... Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg's also in it. Mm. Yeah, I got it. Anyway, so I'm gonna read a little bit of a quote. You mean the Joker? This is what it was. Anyway. All right. Two this is from Noah Bombeck. Two contrasting things kept me from writing this story. On one hand, everyone deals with divorce, it's it's too universal. On the other, it's too specific to my family and won't resonate beyond that. Unconsciously, at some point, I just let go and thought, let's just see what happens. It stars Jeff Daniels and Laura Linney, two of the best actors of all time. Also, the two boys are played by Owen Klein and Jesse Eisenberg. This is for Jesse Eisenberg. So Jeff Daniels, his dad is a wannabe kind of know-it-all he is very educated but i mean he will refer to things like this oh the house is in the fillet of the neighborhood and actually use sentences like that and they play tennis they're both very highfalutin and they're going through this divorce and their mom starts banging her tennis coach instructor played by one of the baldwins and it is tough to watch because it's very realistic and what makes it realistic and going back to the reason why i wrote and and cop well, the reason I copied and wanted to read out Noah Bumbeck's talk about it, is loosely mainly based on his own experience with his family. And the fact that it's so specific makes it so believable. And it's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed it so much and why I think and, and, and it takes place in the 80s and why I think it's I like I said, these are my three favorite. Is it the best movie about divorce? No. But is it a completely accurate representation of divorce? Absolutely. And the reason why I think I like this one and I wanted to include it is because it concentrates more on the where the War of the Roses kind of glosses over the kids. Kramer versus Kramer. You deal with the boy a little bit, maybe a third of the movie, but it's mainly about the two leads. To me, this one's about the two boys. And that's what I like about it and how they're subjected to all this new reality, how their father who has thinks he's one thing and really isn't even though he's not an idiot he's very educated he's very smart but he's not quite as talented or as wonderful as he thinks he is and how he's having to deal with not only that now that he's midlife or post midlife his wife's left him and is sleeping with another guy and he has to rebuild everything and he is not the most empathetic person on earth and you deal with the boys and how they deal with that. One of them has a problem masturbating and masturbates everywhere in the library, rubs it on things. It's an odd, odd thing to deal with, but it just kind of rings true because it's so specific to his family. I really recommend if you've never seen The Squid and the Whale to check it out. Every time it comes on streaming, because uh, it, it usually pops up on one of the three streaming services I have, at least four or five times a year. And I will always add it to my list and I will always go to it getting ready to hit play. But I know what I'm getting into is it's again, it's one of those, I know I'm going to feel bad. It's <laughs> not that bad. It, there's a lot of funny scenes. There is some humor in it. It's well, not it's like, it's as like bad a, as blue Valentine. Blue Valentine well, you know, is much more depressing. It's one of the, like one of our other Noah Bombax films. Uh, again, you know, we just did that, um, episode about you know actors who's known for one performance but what they really should be known for yeah ben stiller in greenberg yeah he's phenomenal in greenberg but the problem is is that he's the that person that character is so pretentious i can't enjoy the movie yeah exactly but that's all that's a lot of noah noah's films is yeah i get it and that's why i'm like i have a hard time with squid in the well even though i love the cast i know jeff daniels is going to nail it every single time he does but it's just like, oh man, I just, I don't know if I can't, I just can't, it, I'm physically drained just trying to hit the play button. <laughs> well, this, my second two for, for this, if you're going to do a double play, if you're going to do, oh man, we've got it, we've got it, we've got it. And I didn't realize he did Marriage Story. Yeah. I forgot, I didn't right. realize it. Which is, an, I just have not delved into it. Yeah. So if you're going to do two and the next one, your double feature, I think you should do Boyhood with it. 
I loved Boyhood. Boyhood was shot by Richard Linkletter over 17, 15, 12 years. I think it's 12 years. Cast, well, 12 years at different times. It came out a few years ago. It's almost three hours long. It does not feel three hours long. I loved the movie when I saw it. I haven't watched it again. And it deals with divorce long term. And what I mean by that is the, the guy and the girl divorce young because they marry young and have the son. And then he has to live with this till he's a man. And that's the movie deals with his boyhood. And then eventually his dad remarries, grows up a lot and has new kids, you know, and has a younger family. And his mom goes through a marriage and another divorce with another person. And you just go, the you run the gamut. And it's a beautiful film. I I think it probably is the Richard Linkletter's masterpiece. I, I we don't really talk about it as much as we should because of the fact that he took twelve years to do it and it works as well as it. I, it's just fantastic, and it should be a double feature with the Squid and the Whale because once again it's another movie that deals with the child and not just about this one little incident, but about growing up as a child of divorce and what that looks like. And you basically the movie in Boyhood ends when he goes to college. Which at least he gets to go to college, right? Yeah. All right. Those are my three. Technical All right. Six. Any so, honorable mentions? So uh, these are not honorable mentions, but I just want to briefly mention them because I they're good films, but I hate the message. Liar, liar, and twister. Those are two films about divorce. Yeah, yeah. Liar, liar was on. And actually, I don't think I saw it on any list. But why do you hate the message? I, I actually hate the message of Twister, but why Liar Liar? Because at the end of Liar Liar, it kind of implies that they're going to get back together. Same thing with Twister? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah. because what, what divorce works that way? Uh, we have. Hey, I had a no cousin marry the same woman three times. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I mean, what's we, the advice your dad gives? You do not trade your car in and buy the same car. You got rid of the car because <laughs> there was something rid of the car. God bless dad and his three marriages keep going. That's why that's why it didn't make my list uh, because of the fact that it actually ends up with a happy ending for the most part in each one. Uh, granted, Miss Doubtfire does have a happy ending. He gets his kids back. But, you know, at the same time, that marriage is done. It's not. But Liar Liar implies that they're going to get possibly get back together. And Twister is pretty much they're 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 back together, you yeah. know. Um, no, uh, but I want to save my honorable mention for one. So we've talked about. The whole episode. A husband and a wife divorcing, but we have never talked about a kid divorcing his parents. We yeah. have to talk about North. That's <laughs> not the, you know, that's not the first movie to deal with that. I know it's the one with uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, that... yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? Oh, I shit. forgot. I didn't look it up because I was going to talk about North. Sharon Stone's topless in it, so I've never forgotten. <laughs> it's because it's probably what I saw it way too young, and yeah, Sharon Stone. So when do you want to look that up? Why? Yeah, North is a. It's. It is a not a good film. Uh, it is directed by Rob Reiner. I actually watched it a, about a year ago. Uh, we found, uh, my kids actually wanted to watch it, and they liked it. Um, even for when it came out in 1994. Irreconcilable differences with Ryan O'Neill and Shelley Long. Uh, I thought you said Sharon Stone was in it. She is. She plays the woman he marries or gets involved with after he leaves Shelley Long. Oh, okay. But that's actually a dark film, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, it's not too dark. He's a film director. That's actually the thing that people bitch about about a marriage story is because he she's an actress and he's a film director. And I think it's a legitimate criticism. It's like, fuck you, Hollywood. Nobody knows a film director and actress. Why don't you do one about the guy that works at the Shell station? Well, yeah, and, and that's and the waitress and, at, at McDonald's or, you know. And eventually we're going to have to do our rom-com. We'll have to do our rom-com episode, but that's one of the things I hate about rom-coms. And it's, it's that cliche. Oh, ever they each have an amazing job, magazine yeah. editor and, you know, uh, real estate. Bro yeah. Anyway, it's, well, it's I just crap. Um, but no, North is about a man, about a boy whose parents um, neglect him. So he decides to leave them and find new ones. And it's all, and it's all about, you know, you're, Granted, the 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 message of the movie is corny. the The plot is corny, but watching uh, Jason Alexander and uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus deal with the fact that their son has left them, and as they slowly evolve, um, I that's one of, that's one of the parts I liked about the movie. 
is you're watching these people who whose kid has literally divorced them and they are reflecting on all the terrible shit that they've done to him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my honorable mention is we didn't talk about that type of movie because there is more than one where yeah. a kid decides I'm done with you. James? So I've got an honorable mention. And, and again, again, uh, going away from just doing movies, I, I want to set this up by saying this is a divorce right mind would have seen coming and before i say what it is let me set up the premise the divorce they get married while one of the individuals in the partnership is in the middle of an ongoing mental breakdown a nervous breakdown all these issues anxiety panic and all of that stuff after that happens after they get married he is accused of a crime and wrongly imprisoned while he's imprisoned is when she decides to divorce him she cites things such as him slapping her when he was having a mental breakdown things like that and it is the first divorce that ever was featured among superheroes in a mainstream comic book that would be the divorce of hank pym from the wasp he was having ongoing nervous breakdowns you do not see this in the film version where they you know he loses her and is obsessed with getting her back but basically hank pym in the comic books is much like he is shown in the film in the beginning of the film he he's egotistical he thinks stark is secondary you know he, he's just he's not a good person and but he's also constantly second guessing himself he has the outward view of superiority but he also keeps thinking oh what if i let everybody down what if i cause these issues what does that look like what does that mean and so he starts to have a nervous breakdown and much like does sometimes happen in real life the wasp thinks oh if i can support him right i can change him i can help him get through this so they get married and then he keeps declining he slaps her he becomes a little violent and then she eventually divorces him. And that is not shown in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But famously, that physical assault of a superhero assaulting, admittedly another superhero, but a, a, a male superhero assaulting a woman, it actually created a lot of conversations about what does domestic abuse look like. And while, of course, you can't draw a direct line, when we see shows now like The Boys, or based on books like The Boys and all of that stuff of questions of, who really does watch out for superheroes? This storyline happened in the late 70s through uh, 1981 is when the divorce was officially finalized. And so it was a unique time period. So as we're talking about divorce and pop culture, I had to mention Hank Pym and the Wasp, the divorce of Ant-Man and the Wasp. There you well, go. Well, actually, uh, oh, I get to correct James. I love it. He technically wasn't Ant-Man. He was Yellow Jacket at the time. Yeah, but the, there you, think, you go. Yeah, well, sometimes he was also Jack Man. I mean, we could, which is funny because, of course, in the film, Yellow Jacket uh, is a villain. Yeah, is a villain. But so, but in that way, wasn't Hank Pym also a villain slapping women around? Think about it, Chad. In that way, Sensitive aren't you trick. all responsible? <laughs> think about it, won't you? All right. For my honorable mentions, there's a bunch. One, one. Th- there's a couple blue jasmine chat. Joe Lewis got it. his degrees in divorceology. And divorceology, blue jasmine's one because you just watch her fall apart. And Andrew Dice Clay is just so good in that. There's a there's a, actually another Julie Julie Louise Dreyfus film called Enough Said. It's it's one of uh, oh shit I, James Gandolfini's last performances. There's a couple that people love that show up on a lot of lists that I like the first wives club. I know it's directed by Hugh Wilson, whom I'm a fan of. He created WKRP in Cincinnati. He also gave James's favorite movie police Academy, but I, I just can't get on board with the first. <sighs> that movie was not made for me or the two of you. Uh, you guys, Blue Valentine. It's it's Waiting to Exhale though was another famous one that it's also from a point of view that's kind of hard for me to understand as not being a, a woman. Did you guys see Wild? No. Another one. Uh, and the Disney the, movie? No, no. Wild with oh god, what's her name? I forgot. Uh, it's complicated. Is the last one I want to talk about because it's uh, it stars Alec Baldwin 
and Steve Martin and oh, uh, Meryl Streep. Streep. And Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep were married and then get divorced. He leaves her for another woman. And then later in life, now that the kids are grown, they start an affair again when she's trying to uh, become romantically involved with Steve Martin. It's a fun little movie that shows you where you could be, Chad, 20 years later if you got divorced and the kids are out of the way because, as you were talking about messages before, it's complicated. It's basically about, he even has a line in it where it's like, yeah, I don't know why if, you know, everybody could just hook up 20 years later when they don't have the kids and everybody's ruining your life and it's not so complicated. <laughs> and I think that, there's that probably led to... a lot of truth in that. Yeah. But it's probably not a good message that you want your children to hear. That led to one of those other one of those amazing Oscar decisions to co-host. Yeah. yeah. So this has been our divorce episode. If you have one that we left off, actually, there's a ton. There's a I ton. Say, I mean, there's tons with divorce characters because I thought about mentioning something's got to give. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, though it is obviously not as good as uh, as good as it gets, which is one of my favorite. That being said, we also I know we we got to wrap up, but in honor of, of uh, that one show with Brian Combs, in case they ever do a divorce episode, shouldn't we mention my D-I-V-O-R-C-E divorce starts D-I-V-O-R-C-E. today? D-I-V-O-R-C-E. I think the kid's name in that song is Joey or something. Yes, yes. I've got to spell out all these words so uh, Joey can't, uh, yeah, because Joey can't read. <laughs> Joey's dumb as hell. Joey's dumb as hell. It's the reason we're getting divorced. We've tried to work <laughs> with him. He slapped the shit out of him because he can't understand his ABCs. <laughs> this is really uh, sad. But anyway, no, I just, I wanted to and mention. I mean, I don't blame him for slapping the shit out of him, but now I got to divorce him because I look bad in front of my friends. <laughs> I wanted to mention the that particular song because well it's one of the only songs i know that taught me how to spell divorce before i was able to spell much else because it played on the radio constantly hmm now it wasn't on the it wasn't popular when you were young so your mom may have been trying to send some messages i don't know i mean maybe i mean i'm not Could be. i'm not judging her no i mean you know kind of a moot point now did i mention my dad's dad <laughs> <laughs> that joke was for you dad i had i have an awful awful comment about i'm sure you beating him but nevertheless i'm sure you do and on that oh. note well thank you for joining bonehead for this very special episode joe made it without crying so <laughs> but he's dead inside yeah, if yeah. that helps yeah all right this the d my... stands oh for wait douche. joe before we go for our for our uh viewers why don't you do your broken home Joe look for sign off? I don't do it as well. I need more. Have a, have a good night, everybody. Broken <laughs> home Joe. Uh-huh.